Welcome back. You're listening to Blitz Fitness. This is the fifth episode. I am recording on the morning of Saturday, January 14th, 2012. And I am still in hibernation mode. So this is actually going to be a little bit of a, of a series of Blitz Fitness episodes, technology-wise, talking about specific things that I use, how I'm set up technology-wise, not for this show, but for actual fitness purposes. But first I need to sort of explain that I'm not quite sure yet where I'm sending you all when it comes to commenting on the posting of this episode. If you listen to the Reactionaire interlude, you will recall that I said I was going to re-release episodes. I still am planning on doing exactly that with Spot on Reflection and with this show, Blitz Fitness. I decided I'm not going to do that with the Reactionaire. I'm just going to let those stand and get back into a normal recording schedule on that. And therefore, straight to the bullet point won't change either. What I don't know yet, though, is that I feel like Spot on Reflection and Blitz Fitness should all have their own blog, and their own feed in the iTunes store. I haven't set that up yet. I plan on actually doing the Blitz Fitness feed after this episode is done being recorded. So I'm hoping, I have an idea that will make it so much easier for me, of course, not not necessarily any easier or harder for you guys, but for me, I'm going to see if I can work that out. But quick Note, quick mention, if you did listen to the interlude episode of The Reactionaire, I complained at certain part about a helicopter that decided to fly overhead. Well, keeping with tradition, you're likely to pick up, possibly, some background noise on this show. I live in an apartment, I'm on the top floor, the person directly below me has moved out, and the maintenance people are just reworking the building, so you might hear some hammering or some other odd sounds. I apologize, but if I wait, I'll forget to do the show, and they're probably going to work a a full day, hardworking people, and that's fine, and I don't think this mic is that sensitive that it's going to pick it up. So, we're going to get right into the show. I mentioned I'm still in hibernation mode. Let me explain what that means to, to all of you to understand what I'm referring to. When it comes to me, usually... I only get a little bit more of a regular exercise schedule after the Thanksgiving holiday, and then, just as you saw with the rest of these podcasts, is that my life gets taken over when it comes to to Christmas and watching movies, going to parties, and just taking it all in. Well, now, as I said, it's January 14th, those are long behind us, but I'm still in hibernation mode, because now we're in this weird part, and this has always been true of me. I live in the Chicagoland area, so January is our our primary snow and ice and frigid temperature time of year. Now, I don't want any emails or anything saying, oh, I live up in blah 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 blah, and uh, it's so much worse, or you've got it ice, it's practically like summer. I don't care. I don't live there. I'm not used to that. What I'm used to is Chicago weather, and so this is the cold time of the year. So, I don't want to drive on the ice. 
In fact, we've got plenty of it right now. We had our first real snowfall this winter, which is very late for us. But there's plenty of ice on the streets now. I'd rather not drive on it or walk on it if I don't have to. So January will actually see me lose my holiday weight all via my diet. So that's why uh, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it. I didn't pick in advance of recording this about which piece of technology I was going to talk about today. But what you need to know is just that I'm not really exercising right now beyond the most basic. And the most basic to me is walking during my two breaks at work, 15 minutes each. So about 20 to 30 minutes, you know, to round up and down of walking each workday. Typically on Saturdays, I hang out with a bunch of my friends and there's a fair amount of walking whenever we go wherever it is we're going, but there's also typically a lot of eating with that group too. And then Sundays are chore days, but doesn't really equate to any sort of exercise. So what I'm getting to is that the weight's going to be high even if I'm eating well, because I'm just not expending the calories. I'm just taking them in. With that, I figure I'm not going to see as much to talk about at the gym things that I'm seeing, things that I'm experiencing. So I'm relying instead on what have I read, what have I heard, what am I studying. And I intend to explain my technology setup. Because technology has really sort of taken over and been a big help to me fitness-wise over the last few years. I can go back to a time when I was... I'm 27 now. And when I was what, eight years old, getting into sports, doing a lot of exercising in my gym classes, etc. When it came to weightlifting, I never had any sort of guide or tool, anything along those lines. What I had was my memory, and people who know me personally know that that's not a very good tool on my behalf. With that said... I still did fine. I seemed to recall what I had previously lifted on a specific machine or setup. Just maybe not the order, and I probably didn't care about order back then. Order meant nothing to me until, honestly, until I went to school for fitness. With that said, that changed once I did start getting into fitness again. What happened afterwards was I started walking around with a journal. So now we're talking about the years, the years 2002 up to uh, recently, really, I would say up to 2008, 2009. I was relying on carrying around a pen and a journal, which was honestly a bit of a pain in the ass Because I'd also have my water bottle, my towel, and depending upon what exercises I was doing, I probably had my iPod for most of that time. Just, actually I know I did for most of that time. But I may not use the armband that I bought for it because it would get in the way of an arm exercise I was doing. Well now that's all changed. Now, technology-wise, what I'm set up with is I walk into the gym and I still have that water bottle in my hand. I still have that towel in my hand, and I still have the iPod, but now I do something different with the iPod, and 
I don't know if anybody is going to find this useful, but it's just a random thought that came to my head. I tried it out, and it works brilliantly for me, and I kind of wish I would have known about it a long time ago. It would have saved me plenty of money, because I had broken two MP3 players prior while working out with them. Got an armband, like I said, and if I could find where I set it down, I want to see if there was a specific brand, so I can go ahead and give them a shout-out. If there is, they didn't label it on there. Oh, no, I take it back. Okay, so it's Belkin. For those of you listening to this podcast, you're probably technology savvy, and you probably are well aware of the company Belkin, specifically made for my iPod third generation, I think I have right now. And it's a Nano, not a regular iPod. And what's nice about it is a very secure latching system. Uh, it's got that plastic facing on the iPod, but it doesn't... Uh, I've got a click wheel one, not a touch screen. And still, even with the click wheel, it was hard with a lot of those armbands to actually get it to understand what you were doing. And definitely, I lose some responsiveness with this, but it's not nearly... Not nearly what some of the things would do, where you just had no idea you were pressing it at all, or it was so flimsy you might as well not had it there. It's also got this nice uh, little piece on there that you can wrap the cord around with. The only thing that would be better, but I understand it's hard to do, and I don't think there's probably too many of them out there, would be a retractable system. The reason why that's hard is because if you're exercising, you're probably not using the standard earbuds. I know I'm not or you've got some sort of attachment or setup, so you may have some little differences in the cord, and that could be hard to make a universally retractable system, and then I would probably rack my head so hard trying to figure out what the perfect amount of tension would be so that there isn't too much cord slack, but it's not pulling them out of your ears either. So this doesn't have anything like that. I've found the perfect amount of uh, rotates that I need to do just so that there's enough slack, for full range of motion, but it's also not causing me to get grabbed against certain parts of machines or other equipment that I might be using. And uh, I had always been using it uh, on my bicep. Uh, just slide it up there, and there you go. And you get this weird motion. If I had video, I'd kind of do it for you guys, but that's not how I'm set up here. But I would put it usually on my left arm. I'm right-handed, and so it's just easier for me to to have it on my left arm for whatever reason. Just I guess I kind of figure it more like a watch. You wear the watch on your left hand if you're right-handed. And so what'll happen is a lot of times if you want to change through a song, you could just easily hit next, but maybe sometimes, despite what you have on your device, you feel like a certain style and you don't necessarily want to do just that playlist you want some things outside of it but there's a lot of songs that you otherwise enjoy just fine you want to skip it though so i would have to cross my arm over in front of me and kind of turn my shoulder in and turn my neck down and then you know one eye suddenly gets a little larger to try and read what you're reading which is now upside down to you and it was all just kind of an awkward thing. Well, I don't know where I got this idea, but about two months ago, I said, you know, if I tighten this up to put it on my forearm, it'd be a lot easier to touch. 
But I could also turn it upside down, too, that way, so that I just raise my fist up to my head like I'm flexing my bicep, and there it is, perfectly readable, right in front of my face, no odd motions of the neck or the shoulder or any sort of weird turning, and a little futuristic looking, actually, like you just got some sort of armband computer, which I guess technically in a way you could call these that, but uh, it's all right there and right for you. And it's so much easier. It doesn't get in the way because, to be honest, the maybe it's just the exercises that I do. I haven't really thought too deeply about it. But the only thing I can think of that I do where this does actually get in the way for me is when I'm doing bicep curls on a machine. If I'm doing them free weights, it's still not an issue. On a machine, there's some sort of tightness there that's going on that uh, I end up taking it off and just actually having it hang off a part of another machine. But... Music is really important to most regular exercisers, and I recommend giving this a try if you've ever found it odd. I have noticed people looking at me and kind of being like, what what has he got? What is he doing? You know, I'm hoping to maybe start a trend. That would be pretty awesome if I start seeing other people do this. It's just, it's just easier. And if you're one of those people who can, who can turn it on, hit shuffle, and never touch the device again, then it doesn't matter to you. But I'm not one of those people. I'm very fidgety with my music. Uh, Sometimes I look at it and say, why do I have these songs on here? I never want to listen to them when I'm working out, but then a couple weeks later, that's all I want to hear when I'm working out. So I have to touch this device so much that I just need a better way to do it, and I feel like it works really well. And it's just a little tip in case you guys want to do that. Now... That solves the problem of carrying the thing around the way that I was before. What doesn't get solved was the paper device. But now I've got that taken care of too. And I'm sure many of you have looked into this. But of course there are applications that you can get for your your iPhone devices, your iTunes. I bet probably can be done the same way because you don't really need a cell phone connection for these things. Android devices of course tablets as well but i think tablets are a bit more cumbersome if you want to bring them to the gym so probably wouldn't recommend that but on my phone i utilize a few different apps that uh that now are regularly used for me so what do i use let me go ahead and just give you guys a quick uh quick rundown of what i've got here really i've got only four fitness apps the first one that i ever got is called Gym Goal. Actually, they changed the name to Gym Goal Plus, or maybe it was always called that. I just don't remember. This was a bit of a of a challenge for me because it was one of the few types of apps that I couldn't solely rely on people's reviews, finding out how many stars or who's complaining about what and who isn't. What was so difficult is that a lot of the apps available and being made good and bad they have a lot of hand holding involved in them which i'm sure is very important for an amateur very important for somebody who's completely lay to the the whole fitness world i'm sure of that and even those who maybe aren't at the lowest levels of knowledge on this maybe certain others still like the extra Information, the extra tip, the extra guiding hand. I am not one of those people. I went to school for this, I got certified for this, and I have been working in this industry for a few years. In fact, 
Right now, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for all my CECs. Don't feel bad for me. I shouldn't keep waiting until six months before to finally take care of everything, because that's what I constantly keep doing. But I didn't want any of that. I didn't want to be be told, hey, we've been tracking your progress, here's how you're doing. I know what my progress is. All I needed was a logging system, and I wound up spending quite a bit of money, you know, in app terms at least, downloading a whole bunch of them and trying them all out. And initially there were two that I put myself in a weird spot when I first got this phone. It's like I've got these two exercise logging apps that the only thing I could think to do to figure out which one I was going to stick with was updating both of them, which talk about work, right? That's really a pain. I just did this exercise, update this one, get out of it, go to the next one, update that one. Not really the best way to go about things, but that's what I did. And it turned out I only did it one time because that's all I needed. I pretty quickly found that out of the two that I had left, Gym Goal was definitely the one for me. There's a lot to do in Gym Goal. You can set up entire routines. They easily allow for all sorts of, of splitting, pyramid systems you can do if you're aware of what those are for weight training. It's got information. It's got uh, really the only thing I have a little bit of a problem with is that I wish I could edit the names of the exercises they have in the library rather than having to go through and make a whole new exercise just for the name. Because they're missing some things, but really it's a pretty, pretty clear, uh, large list, really, of exercises. And it tracks your history, but it doesn't really... For the way that I've used it, which is just going into the routine, what routine of the day am I working and then logging each rep or whatever as I go along, I haven't at any point been told, no, you're doing this wrong, do it this way, or no, you should move on to this, etc. They do have some tips. One is a fitness tip, and the other is a muscle tip, and it's a tip of the day. It does sort of cycle through. I've seen some repeated before, and there's some that I don't agree with. But the app is nice to look at. It works very well on my phone. My iPhone is a 3S. I bought a 3S right after the release of the 3GS. And I gotta tell you, I haven't really had much in the way of problems with running this app. It doesn't drain my battery. It doesn't have any massive delays by any means of trying to do one thing or the other. They allow for a note system in here, which many of them do, and I think that can easily be looked at or overlooked at by people who are looking for fitness apps because most of these apps that I found, they don't have spots, and there's a reason why, and I understand the reason why, but they don't have spots for the setup of the machine that you're working with. And the reason why is, for those of you who don't know, there's a whole bunch of different ways in which gyms of all sizes, shapes, and forms actually get their equipment. Some of it is brand new pieces of equipment, and they own it. Others are new or old equipment, and they rent it. And then still others, actually, especially lowly, uh, not lowly, but lower-tier gyms, like your community gyms, etc., they have to rely maybe on donations of machines. And 
new machines for the same purposes come out annually all the time. It's a just like how car dealers or car manufacturers, I should say, work. Yeah, well, you have a Honda Civic 2012. Well, there's going to be a 2013. You know, you you can expect that to come out. Same thing for fitness equipment. And what the advancements are are questionable. You have to look into it and see if it's something that's worthwhile for you. But at the same time, that older equipment still works. In fact, I've been at three different gyms for my area. One that I worked at, another which is a massive chain across the U.S., and the second, the one that I'm currently a member of, is also a massive chain, but it's a bit newer to to uh, its rise to the top, basically. And... It turns out the best equipment I ever used for me was the gym I worked at, which had the oldest equipment. The reason why it was so good is that their equipment was made in an era where fitness knowledge was peaking in the sense that there was tons of interest, tons of research, plenty of developments going on with fitness... And there was no slowdown. And once there's a slowdown, it seems like equipment manufacturers start looking for, well, how can we help the end user? So when I look at the two big chains, a lot of their machines just annoy the crap out of me because there's so many so many little doodads put in place to make sure you do the exercise right that a lot of times I find it restricting. Whereas at the old gym, I can do it just right on my own fine because I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, I can also modify how I'm working on that machine to go for something completely different that it wasn't made for, but it can do. That was pretty fantastic. So, all these machines are out there. How could you possibly have every brand know what every measurement system is, how many different selectable changes there are for a machine? At one point, all machines had just a seat height. You couldn't change anything else but how high you sat in a seat. And at one point, actually, you didn't even have that. Now, so many different things change. The lever system itself can be changed. You can uh, you can change certain pad levels. There Maybe sometimes there's four different adjustments you have to make. So I understand why this app, and probably, I would assume, most fitness logging apps don't have a built-in system for saying, hey, don't forget to check your, your seat number, etc. So they've got a notepad system in there, and I definitely make use of it. carries over between routines, so you can always just look back at it. Fantastic stuff. They also have, they actually, on Gym Gold Plus I'm talking about here, they uh, took it a little bit step further, too. Did I say a little bit step? I don't think that was proper English. Anyway, they have... Uh, Basic general note. Let me actually open one up here. And I can give you guys the real name of it. So let's pretend that I'm doing this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I hit the wrong button, so... Whoops, whoops, whoops. Okay, yeah. See, this is the problem. I hit the completely wrong button. And uh, that's what happens. When you are trying to hurry. And you're not paying attention. Alrighty, so, I'm going to go into the first exercise, and they have two different note systems. They have reminders and log notes, and so, this is important because a reminder is going to show up 
on this routine every time that you do this, no matter what the day is, as long as that note's in there. So that's where I put my my seat levels, pad levels, whatever it may be. They also have a log note. So you can put notes in here for specific days, specific instances of you doing that exercise with this log. So it's not going to show up at the next one, but if you notice you're charting yourself and you say, boy, I, uh, I really just didn't have it that day. Look at these numbers. They're so low. They're so few few reps, even though I don't have any uh, major change in the weights. What What is going on here? Well, maybe you were sick that day, and you just put in a log note saying that I uh, wasn't feeling well, getting over a cold. That could be an effect. That could explain a, a statistical outlier for you, so you don't start freaking out like, what am I doing that day? Am I, am I losing confidence? What happened? Useful for... Extreme tracking, basically. Not everybody's going to use it. I was happy to see that they put it there. But otherwise, a fantastic app that I haven't really had any problems with. They do regular updates. It's always uh, a positive to see when the updates come out. I wouldn't say it's an every week thing. Not by far. Maybe once a month. Maybe once every other month. And typically what they're fixing are bugs that I've never had. And very happy to say that. Also, too, it's like a lot of services lately you can upload your data so that it's backed up on a server somewhere but I would recommend that if some of you out there are actually thinking about doing this definitely track your exercise no matter what I don't care how good your memory is track it put it on paper because even if you have a perfect memory where you you just know everything that you had done before it's still worth having something, you know, pen to paper situation so you can look over the numbers, see the trends, and try and make some smart decisions off of it. So look for something. If you're looking at doing it electronically for an app device, spend the money, try out a few different ones. Which ones look nice to you is one thing, but which ones feel right? Which ones give you what it is that you're looking for? It's extremely important. Take your time with it. Narrow the ones out that you can tell right away, nope, this isn't going to be for me. Still read the reviews. Figure out what problems users have had, what changes patches have made. Take take all that into account because it's money well spent once you start using it and getting the results from it. Another app that I use is sort of, uh, well, it's... It's not brand new to me, but it's brand new to me as an app. There's a lot of websites, a lot of books, tons of resources all over about getting calories for foods. I shouldn't even say calories, just getting nutrition information for foods that the nutrition label isn't really readily available. Most common issue with this, of course, is at a restaurant. Fast food has been doing a lot better at taking care of this, but still, you go to some Mexican restaurant, and, uh, you know, how are you going to really see and come across that yet? I hear people in New York are getting uh, or have a law where that actually is something that has to be in place, but I think it was also being challenged, too. I should really look up and see what happened with that. Maybe one day it'll be rolled out to the rest of us in the States, but until then... It's good to have a little handy device along with you. 
A while back, I had come across a website called CalorieKing, all one word, dot com. I believe it was dot com. And really enjoyed it because what would happen is, let's say... Let's say you're like me. I'm a, I'm a huge deli lunch meat sandwich kind of guy. I love sandwiches. You know, all I need, I'm not even fancy with them. All I need is two pieces of bread, a few pieces of the deli meat, and a couple pieces of cheese. And it's a fantastic meal in my personal opinion. But you can't see all the labels or exactly how much you're eating for this or that. What Calorie King did that was great at the time, and I'm sure there's others who are doing it now as well, I've yet to have a reason to stop going to Calorie King, is that they would have not only the items across specific brands, but if they didn't have that brand in there, you could do average across all brands because it's probably not going to be all that different, right? On top of that, probably the strongest thing for it is that once you have selected either, either the average across all brands or you found the specific brand you were talking about, what you have is your serving size that you can choose. And it's so much smarter the way it's set up for specific items. Typically, serving sizes, and we had this discussion before on Jump on My Cake with, with Rob and Sean, who was filling in for Mike on that day. One of the earlier episodes we did, probably episode two, three, or four. We had talked about nutrition labels that I had seen, about people's ideas of changing them around. And I think I went on to a little diatribe. It was a while ago, so I may be wrong, and I may not have gone on about this, but how stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Just get the point. It's stupid about how our serving sizes are set up. Cereal, from the same company, can have... Let's say one type of their cereal has a cup of this as a serving size, but on the next one it's three quarters of a cup. And one across that, maybe it's those wheat packets, and so they say uh, each wheat piece is, or this many wheat pieces is a serving size. And it's just ridiculous. It can all be measured out the same, and really we don't need it to be pinpoint exact. It's not bad if it is, but... We need a general idea. Let's go across with that. So when it comes to lunch meat, if you take a look at uh, what they're cutting at the deli for you, the wrapping on the meat itself has serving sizes, or has a serving size, it has a nutrition label on the package, but it's talking about at this much weight. So, okay... Now I've got to somehow manage to sneak a peek at what that is or find it online later. Then say, okay, I have half a pound. Do the conversion math. I'm sure that has to take place to figure out how many calories is in this half pound of meat. And of course, what are the odds that you got exactly a half pound of meat? Maybe it was 0.54 or something along those lines. Then you got to figure out, okay, count the slices... Do the math there, and so then you can figure out what each slice is worth. It's just all that work to get to one point when really it shouldn't be all that difficult for a nutrition label to have a few serving size labels. Like Three nutrition labels and one is doable. It takes more space, but really 
how important is the packaging to begin with? We really don't care about it except for maybe on a cereal box as we play the maze on the back of it or something. Not all that important. Where is the nutrition label information? Very important. Calorie King has these smart numbers in there. They'll have whatever serving size is on that container of lunch meat. It'll have different ways that you might measure it as well. By weight, etc. But they also have it by the slice. And then you just got a box right next to it. If you pick slice, how many slices? Oh, two slices. Okay, here's your numbers. In the nutrition label format, you can just transfer it over. They have an app. I just downloaded it. And I have yet to use it. I've bought the book from these people. And there's all sorts of of things out there like this. I bet if I search, there's probably an Eat This, Not That app for the Eat This, Not That line of books. Just an extra tool. You've got your phone or whatever your device is on you already, most likely. What's the harm in pulling it out? It's not like you're making a phone call. I know people find that to be rude. But all you're doing is like, okay, I'm... I'm having a burrito at this place. They don't have their own nutrition information because they're a little smaller than that. What am I eating? Well, you can find out. No problem. Another app that I got along those lines is pretty new to me, too. It's called MyNet Diary, and I think it's actually poorly named because it sounds like a little girl's diary. It's not. It's a food journal, as well as a few other things. I have the pro version. I will go ahead and tell you that if you don't like paying for apps, go ahead and get the light version. What you're missing out on isn't very important. And then there's ads, but, you know, they're easily avoidable. And sometimes they don't even load for me, which is fantastic because nobody likes ads. But they've got a an interesting way of tracking meals that may... At first, to me, I thought, ooh, this is going to be a little bit incomplete... I'm going to have to mess around with it, but once I started actually logging my meals on here, it it turns out that their design philosophy was better. It took care of a lot of issues that people with all the, our different eating habits are all going to run into. This is probably among the most universal ways that uh, an app of this can be taken care of. Now, I'm looking at the homepage of this, and again, it's called MyNet Diary Pro is the one that I'm using. My net diary is one word, I should mention that. You can track exercises. I haven't used it. Uh, you can track your weight. I do that on an Excel sheet at home as well as on this uh, here. You can chart your progress on a few different variables. They give you a nice analysis. I think that's one of the tools on here that they don't... I don't know if I should say they don't advertise, but... It seems unimportant, but it's great at the end of the day if you don't know what the numbers mean or you don't feel like doing all the different levels of math. This takes care of it in a fantastic way. They use a a long-term plan for losing weight based on where you're at now, regularly updating your weight on the app, and updating how many calories you should have through, uh, throughout the day. bunch of different things along that. I've only used this for one week. One week and one week only. So what I'm waiting to see is I hope that either weekly or monthly, it takes into account your weight changes and updates your, your basal metabolic rate and then your calories that you should eat based off of your activity level 
I don't know yet. I'm too early with it. What I've been doing a lot with it is logging food. You can save your own recipes. There's a ton that are built into the library for my net diary, as well as a ton that people have contributed themselves that they've put into, which all very useful. I would recommend that if you're like me and you want to put the data in yourself, you want complete control of it, come up with a naming convention first. So in my case, what I wound up doing at first, it was all willy nilly. You can go through and you can edit this stuff later on. But now my system is okay. What type of food is it first? So yogurt. And then from there I go into the flavor and then in parentheses after that I put in the brand because different brands have different uh, nutrition to them. No surprise there. So one of the most common things I have and is, uh, is a banana usually each day. It's a Chiquita banana. It's the medium sized ones and so they generally are going to fall into the same range so I have banana, Chiquita, the end. Other ones are a bit different. You can make recipes for sandwich lovers like myself, or I have to put in all the different uh, tuna pouches and yogurt flavors that I eat, and the biggest the biggest one now is, I believe I've mentioned before on this show, I tend to, for breakfast, when I'm going to work, having a smoothie for my breakfast, and there's a whole bunch of different types and sizes, so at my office on my desk I have the entire nutrition information packet that I printed out from Jamba Juice's website in order to help me along and figure out everything as I go. The app overall is great, it opens nice and quickly, it's easy to go through things. Don't run into a whole lot of problems, but there is one problem I have. And I think... I think this is one of the few spots where I would say, ooh, bad design, why isn't it fixed yet? And hopefully they will. I don't know, I just got it, so I don't know what to expect update-wise from them. The problem is, when you're adding the nutrients, putting in the vitamins is the same as putting in fat, the same as putting in calories. It's very easy, you touch the field, and you type into it the end but they allow you to put in when it comes to vitamins either the iu the individual that's not what it stands for but the units for each for each vitamin itself it's this many micrograms of whatever or the percentage nutrition labels at least here in the united states are almost 100 well i shouldn't say that over 90 percent i would assume use a percentage so it might say vitamin a 20 percent some things will say how many individual units i'm going to grab my bottle of vitamins over here and see how they do it so for example my vitamins actually do both which isn't any surprise because that's all there really is to them yet i upgraded to the pro version from the light version pretty early on and i have not looked to, I haven't been able to look and see how it was in the light version. When you're doing this in the pro version, it says, uh, uh, you know, insert vitamin or mineral name here, percent sign. But over the field, sort of in that faint little text that you can say, insert information here or whatever, it says, or 
I use or whatever the other thing you could put in for that specific item is. But it doesn't work. What it should do is that you put in 20 in the percent sign or maybe there's a field that you drop down or a setting that you say, hey, for these items, this is how I'm going to how I'm going to put it in. It's always going to be percent or it's always going to be uh, mapped out further involved in that with each individual unit. Instead, you have to put in the individual units despite the fact that the percent sign is there. So you have to know what the daily recommended value is for each individual nutrient that you're putting in. Figure out that times whatever the percentage is off of the nutrition label and then put that number into it. Now again, we're talking about something that gets saved to your library, to your favorites, and it's always going to be there after you put it in. But that's still a lot of work. And it wasn't easy for me to find the answer to this. In fact, I didn't even know it was getting screwed up in the first place. What'll happen is you put in the percentage. If you look at the information on it later on, even whether it's through this one thing to get the food rating from them, or if it's, uh, if it's uh, going back to edit it, maybe you think you made a typo, the number just gets changed completely on you. And I've yet to really figure out, I think what it's doing is it, it's taking my percentages and thinking that's the total, but it's, it just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be there. It should be, hey, if it's going to default to anything, it should default to the percentage because hello, that's what we've got on our labels. I don't know why they haven't do it. And where I finally found the answer was on the app in the help sections under there. I did some looking around and it mentioned specifically that's how you have to do it. You have to be like, okay, this has 70% vitamin A. Daily value of vitamin A is this. So that times 0.7. That's how much vitamin A I'm getting out of my, my vitamin here. Why would that be the default? It shouldn't be. I should just be able to put 70 in the percent sign or just 70 and it knows I'm talking about percents. If you know the daily value or you and you can easily look these up, then you can do the math later on. The percentage is such an easier number to look at. I just don't understand their design philosophy there and where I found the answer on the app, they even apologize for the mistake. Well, okay. You know, you got my four bucks, and you got other people's four bucks. Can you go ahead and and fix that? I don't see why it would be so hard to do that. Part of the problem... Well, no, see, that's not even the problem either. You can look up each individual uh, entry you have in there, and you can hit the info button, and it gives you what looks to be your standard nutrition label with the information you put in, and behind it there's this score that I believe that... The, it's the American Dietetic Association, which they just changed their name. Uh, so I can't think of what they're called at the moment. I'll look that up while I'm talking to you guys. But they came up with a score about how likely a professional dietitian would choose a food which gives you an indication of its overall healthiness, regardless of whatever the calorie count or amount of it may be, just for each serving here's how good this or that is, and the score system is zero is average, 
plus five is fantastic. Minus five is is you know likely to never get get uh, ch- chosen. So that's all there, but they're basing it off of the nutrients that you can't correctly enter into this app the easy way. You have to do it the hard way. And we're talking about me here, so there's a really good likelihood that I'm going to go through and I'm going to actually fix each one individually and do exactly that with it. So I know I'm a bit of a sheep with that. But for other people, I think that was the wrong choice to go. I'd love to hear arguments from somebody who says otherwise because maybe they see something different. Are you guys seeing labels where the actual output is put in via grams, micrograms, etc., instead of percentages? Because I'm just not coming across that. And a uh, quick side note here, they did change their names. The, the Dietetic Association used to be known as the American Dietitian Association, ADA. problem with the ADA is ADA is a very common acronym. I've always had a problem with it because... Oh, are you talking about the American Dental Association? Or are you talking about Americans with Disabilities Act? You know, there's so many different things that are ADA. They have changed their name. I'm not making that up. They are now known as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So, A-N-D. And. You can still find them at the same website. That never changed because they weren't ADA.org ever before. They were always EatRight.org. And they're still EatRight.org. They just have a new association name. So, one more app that I'm using, or will be using, once, uh, I guess probably in about two weeks, I should be getting back into the exercising role. Specifically for the days when I'm not in the gym. This is for when I'm out jogging and hopefully a little bit warmer weather. I'm using a app simply called Interval Timer. I'm going to click into that to make sure that's the... Yeah, that looks like the full name. There's a few of these out there. Interval timer is really all I need. Um, when I'm logging out... Oh, well, that's interesting. Hang on, I just noticed something that I hadn't seen before. Oh, interesting. Um, when I'm out jogging, I'm going to be this year doing a a uh, interval jogging program. And I had done that a few times before with my iPhone, and the way that I would do it is using the built-in clock slash timer that they have on there, which is also my timer for my laundry and my egg timer for when I'm cooking. Those uses are fine, but when jogging, it was a bit of a pain because, for one, I don't want to hold the phone in my hand and constantly look down, re-swipe the screen, reset the clock to whatever the next thing was, constantly uh, scrolling and swiping through, changing everything up as I'm going along, it gets to be a little bit too much. So I decided, all right, if I'm going to go interval jogging, I want something that does automatically, and that's what interval timer does. You set up a a uh, sort of, I don't know what they call it, but I think of it as either a get-ready clock or could also be used for warm-ups too easily, where it just counts down. Instantly goes through, you set it up, you set up uh, high level intervals, low level intervals, or breaks, how many times you want to do go through this interval, if it matters to you, etc. What I was noticing when I opened this up is apparently I was not paying too much attention when I first set this up because there's two things I didn't see. There are apps, or apps, look at me, what, am, what is going on here? There are ads 
that I didn't catch the first time. So now I kind of wonder if there's a paid version because, as I said, I get annoyed by ads. But at the top, they have... Uh, I see the words the morning and STRE, and I'm like, why is my app saying the morning stream? Which is the uh, Daily Frog Pants show with uh, Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett of Coverville. And apparently, I can control my my iPods, uh, my iPhone's iPod ability through the podcast by just hitting play. It must remember the last thing you played was, because on this phone, the last thing I played was the morning stream. And it looks like it's just got simple controls, play, next, and back. That's nice, too, because that's something that you don't have with Jim Gold Plus, which is why I still bring in two iDevices with me. Uh, my iPod will play the music, and my iPhone is just the logging system with Jim Gold. So those are the ones that I use, and I'm not really here trying to sell you on each specific brand. I am saying to look around, though. It's something that can be absolutely, they're hammering again, I apologize, because I think that one's loud enough to be picked up, since I can feel it vibrating on my feet. Where I was going with this was just, take your time, spend the money. Apps aren't expensive right now. It does add up when you're talking about a bunch of them, and in this case, we are talking about trying a bunch of them out. But still, give it a try. Find what's comfortable for you. And the reason why this is important is because when you're approaching going into a, a gym routine, especially if it's newer for you or if you've struggled in the past with keeping up on your routine, you want to avoid as many of the, the complications that might get in your way, the little, little roadblocks that doesn't matter how big or small they are, they just stop you from keeping on with what you're trying to do, to keep you from from trucking. So, for example, you don't want to be like, oh man, my shoes, they just, they're not the most comfortable shoes to work out in. Get comfortable shoes. Pay what it costs to get them, take care of them, hang on to them, so that can't be it. Oh, I just... The clothes that I've got, I don't want to ruin them. Well, then get clothes specifically for working out. Either spend the money for things like Under Armour, which I do, or go to places with clothes that are comfortable, they are durable enough, and you're really only going to be using them for working out. I find Champion to be a great brand for that. Oh, I don't want to... If I bring paper to write down my exercises... Uh, I'm going to be sweaty, and I'm going to get the pages wet and crinkly and weird. And it's like, hey, hey, app. You know, go with the app then. Music. Oh, it's so boring. There's nobody to work out with. Either get a partner. If you can't get a partner, get music. If you are missing the conversation, listen to podcasts. It'll feel like you're taking part in the conversation. And if you, if you talk to yourself while doing it, okay, you're not going to get a partner at the gym, but at least you're happy, right? Find everything that you can. Because honestly, the reason why I didn't start an interval program for running last year when I was thinking about it was because I didn't want to have to put up with the hassles of doing an interval program and using the standard iOS timer that was built into the phone. It didn't occur to me until a week ago to say, hey, they probably have an app for that. Not to pull that old cliche out. 
And they did. And it works perfectly, and I'm going to be making use of it as soon as my hibernation ends. So, what about keeping this food journal, though? Is that really important? Why track each and every individual one of these? I had this conversation with a few people about something interesting where technology may actually be at the point where it's slightly too good compared to all the functionalities that it needs added to it in the future, which we'll for sure have, but it's not there yet. Here's what I mean. For the longest time, our smartphones have had... I say for the longest time. It seems like forever, because technology moves pretty fast. But our phones have had the ability to, with the camera, use it on UPCs to get all sorts of information. A lot of the fitness apps use exactly that functionality. In fact, uh, MyNet Diary that I just spoke about, they do, do that as well. Where you can take a picture of the label take a picture of the UPC or now there's those QR codes that are showing up on a ton of products and places just to get more information it'll automatically use whatever the app has it there for all this information could be quickly and easily put in in fact I was just complaining about how the vitamin setup is for for my net diary how I don't like that I bet you if I take a picture of it and I do the method that way, I bet you that it's not a problem at all then. I, I'm pretty much guaranteed that the information is going to be correct and I'll have spent way less time on a whole bunch of different items for actually getting them into my library. But that's not the point. The point here is that by manually inserting this data, you're noticing the numbers and the mind is built to pay attention to patterns and trends if you're just snapping a picture not really looking that information isn't going to you it's going to the device now these programs are starting to get to the point where they're doing a good job of analyzing this data but i don't think it's doing good enough for example one of the negatives I might get on my net diary, when I view an analysis at the end of the day, it might tell me, you know what? Saturated fat accounted for more than 7% of your calories. You know what it doesn't tell me? It doesn't tell me what foods I was getting all that saturated fat from. I'd have to look through it myself. Another thing it's warned me about is that you should have at least 5 grams of fiber for breakfast to help you throughout the day, help keep you full, etc. I always get just enough fiber throughout the day. It's clearly not coming through breakfast, so where's my fiber coming from? Now, I, I typically know these things just because I've been paying attention to nutrition labels, I've tried recording food that I eat in the past, my diet hasn't changed all that much, uh, it has changed, but I know where my fiber is coming from. I know where my sat fat is coming from, but maybe not all of you do. And that's why you want these applications to begin with, is so that it can help you out. It can guide you along. And they're getting there, and they're going to be there, and it's going to be better for sure. But at the moment, it's not there. And so I ran into something completely unexpected. One of the biggest sources of fiber that I tend to get 
is a lot of times around 7 or 8 o'clock, especially now that my stomach is expanded from Thanksgiving on through New Year's from all the food that I had been eating, that uh, I don't quite feel full the way that I should properly. And so, you know, January, the stomach shrinking back down to where it should be. So 7 o'clock at night, a lot of people just finished dinner. My diet has me done with dinner around between 4 and 5. That's just my diet. My diet is a little bit earlier than most people's. And it's been like that for years. In fact, almost a decade. Very close to it. But I might feel hungry later on. And so a great food that I've been getting is oatmeal. Now what I don't like to do with oatmeal is I don't like to have to measure out the oats. Not a problem though. Because you know who can do that? The Quaker Oats companies and the store brands and everything like that, and they can sell you the oatmeal in packets. And bonus, they might have uh, special sugar combinations that they can throw together to give you different flavors. It's all good, right? Well, I hadn't known until I started using this app to punch in the numbers individually that the, the oatmeal that I was eating per packet, and I would eat two at a time, had... I want to say 390 or 400 milligrams of sodium. Now keep in mind the recommended amount daily is 2300. Why is there so much sodium in oatmeal? Normally it wouldn't have that if I had just bought it out of the standard canisters that a lot of people are familiar with oatmeal being in. I had no reason to expect it would be different here. There is nothing that the salt has to cure or save in these packages, but they're doing it anyway. Even worse, when you consider how little calories oatmeal is actually giving you, and you start coming up with a calorie-sodium ratio, you're talking about a pretty ugly number. And I had no idea about this. Honestly, you could say it's my fault because I never looked. But... I would say it doesn't matter in the long run because reasonable expectations should come into play at some point, and who would reasonably expect oatmeal to have that much sodium in a packet form? Now, maybe if it were something different, like if this were the type that actually included bits of fruit or some sort of crazy concoction. You know what the oatmeal I'm eating is? It's oatmeal with brown sugar. Brown sugar doesn't go bad, neither do the oats, so why is there sodium in it? It's ridiculous. So now what I've got to do is, I've well, first I'm going to go through and finish all this oatmeal and get it out of there, and now I've got to see, okay, is there a packet from a company that doesn't throw in extra salt for no good reason, or am I just going to have to bite the bullet on this one, measure it out myself from the canisters, and buy myself some, some brown sugar, buy myself some... Uh, uh, cinnamon, things like that, which is fine, but it was unexpected. And so what would happen is throughout the day, I would just hit the sweet spot sodium wise, would just get there and think, all right, I'm good. If I'm getting hungry later, I'm getting his oatmeal, nothing to worry about. And then bam, I'm over it by 800, 800 milligrams. Cause two packets, 400 each. If I was taking photos of these things, I'm not looking then. I'm just, it's getting tossed in there and I can look at it later on. 
Now I know. It's ingrained in my memory, and so it's something that I'll be avoiding in the future. And it's going to have to wait till the future because I tend to stock up on that stuff, and I think I've got two and a half boxes left of that. So, it's, it's a weird little point in time that we're at where we've got what we think is so much functionality but we need more functionality appended to it so I just wanted to sort of give you guys an idea of the technology that I use regarding my health and fitness some of it is exercise some of it is is nutrition based other is just all of it together can kind of be a, a library just a sort of knowledge center that you can make out of it very useful Give it a try. Take a look around at what's out there. And remember, normally it's smart shopping to not ignore the ratings put in there by strangers. And that's still true here. But don't make your decision solely on them. There's a ton of light versions of apps out there. It's standard procedure for the most part. And even if you can't tell off of the light versions if you want to do this stuff go ahead and pay for it because you know what there really was quite a difference in the case of Jim Gold Plus and all the other ones that I tried I don't even remember what the other ones were called otherwise I would have no problem telling you it's not that they were bad it's not me going out there and saying oh avoid this piece of crap no it's just that for what I needed simply what purpose I needed the app to fill out for me that's that's what I needed to do. I needed to experiment. I needed to find out. Be scientific about it. Think about you and how this serves you best. That's really all there is to it. And that's really all there is to this show. So, what I'm going to do now is save this thing, put it together, change its format over from what Audacity saves it as, and now I'm going to see about setting up a Blitz Fitness blog. So what I'm going to tell you guys to do, if you want to want to see what's happening, where this is truly going to be posted at, other than getting it into iTunes, I would recommend going ahead and checking out the main blog as you've known it, which is the Reactioneer at blogs or sorry, thereactioneer.blogspot.com. Because if I get this to work the way that I want it to, I will have the link to the blog for Blitz Fitness in the Reactionaire, and then you can just go to it from that place. Because I'm doing that, I will be re-releasing episodes. What I'm thinking about doing is doing two at a time. So this is episode five. This episode probably won't be posted then for three weeks from now. But that's okay, because this isn't any sort of real new show by any means. Uh, There's no trends going on right now that I feel like talking about that haven't really had the same talking points beyond all the other similar trends and fads. So I can save time and face on that. We'll get the old episodes out there, we'll get it up and running and working just the way that we want it, and finally uh, get back on the regular schedule of updating. Basically, it's going to be two a week that I'm going to post, just so there's some space in between them, but that we get caught up so that then it's just going to be one a week on Saturdays, as Blitz Fitness has been since it started, except for that little holiday break there. Then, eventually, 
Once I'm caught up with that, I'll get back into spot-on reflections, and then all the shows will be back and working the way that they're supposed to, since I'm already back on board with the Reactioneer, since no changes are really happening to that other than little formatting ones in the length of the show. The other ways to contact me, however, are still available. If you want to rate this show, and of course the Reactioneer shows, you can still go to the podcast page that you got this off of, and just leave an iTunes review. A lot of people just say, hey, if you want to give us five stars, go to iTunes, or whatever it may be. I don't really care about the stars. I just hope that that iTunes has something set up so I can read your review. Make it a good one. Not a good review. Make it a a review that's quality. So I can figure out, you know, what people like and what do they not. What do they want to see? If you want to have some story or information or questions asked on this show, go right ahead and send them to me at thereactioneer at gmail.com. That's going to stay the same. I do not intend to have an individual email for all of them. I have the feeling that once I'm reading your email, I'll know pretty well what show you're talking about. Just in case you think I'm that much of an idiot, go ahead and put it in the subject line or somewhere in the Somewhere obvious that I can see it in the message of the email, so I know where to bring it up. Or you can just email me whatever you want to say, even if you don't want it to be in the show. Let me know if you have a preference, like, hey, I'd really like you to bring this up on the show, or hey, uh, whatever you do, just don't put this out there. Finally, I still have the same Twitter account, where I post each one of the articles I come across that might show up on the Reactioneer, as well as advise when a show has been posted and should be available on iTunes soon, That's Twitter, J-O-M-C, jump on my cake, J-O-M-C, Brian, B-R-I-A-N. That really just about does it. Tomorrow, I think I've got just a few stories to talk about with the Reactioneer. I've got this main story that I actually wanted to do back on Christmas. Then I went on a holiday hiatus. Then I wanted to do it as my post-New Year's show. But then the whole idea of changing things kind of came up. So, I think I'm finally getting to the topic today. I don't know, because there's one other thing I might do some more research on and maybe talk about on that show, but really looking forward to it, so I'm teasing it out there now. I really want feedback on the story that that I'm talking about uh, that I've been waiting on, because I'd love to hear if other people are experiencing or have experienced the same thing that I have. Until then, I hope everybody is... Experiencing the best out of their workout efforts, you know, keep looking for information, keep keep using these tools that you have, find new ones if you need something better. I hope you're reaching your goals again there slowly, and I hope, if you need it, that this is just a little bit of motivation. I did not, I just realized, give you guys the vitals, the stats, the body fat, and the weight. I can do that real quick for me. We're basically... Starting the engine up again in the cold after all this time. And so my numbers are down. I put on a good 10 to 20 pounds over the holidays. That's what I do. And then it just takes most of the month of January to go away. I'm sitting at about 305 right now with a body fat of... Wrong page. With a body fat of 32.4, which is really high but not surprising for me at this time of year. And overall, I'm down, for this week, I'm down four pounds this week. So I lost a lot this week. But uh, I'm going to get back into it, of course. That's the idea. The 
Sun's already staying out later, I'm noticing. Not by much, but it's just enough for me to, uh, to pay attention to it. And I can't wait. I will see you guys next week. I hope to hear from you soon. You will, of course, hear from me soon. Bye, y'all.